Hello, coders. Good afternoon. Good evening. It is uh, eight o'clock here. GMT time. It is the 6th of January. It is episode 142 of the How to Code Well podcast, the first episode of uh, 2022. So happy new year to everybody. Hope you've all had a fantastic time off if you've had some time off um, and I hope you're doing well. Today, we're going to start talking about or start a series, I should say, on how to improve your code. And today we're going to be talking about business logic. That's the topic of today. And what I would like to do throughout January's podcast is to do a series uh, where we're talking specifically about how to improve your code. And today we're going to focus on business logic. As usual, this is live. Happy New Year, Bernard. Thank you for joining. I appreciate that. So we're live on uh, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash how to code. Well, for all those who are listening on the podcast and want to join in the discussion. So before we get into the business logic stuff, we're going to talk about uh, the change log. We're going to just discuss what's happened in uh, the how to code well space over the past few weeks, because obviously we've been away uh, on our sort of fest festive break. And in fact, this time of year is a time of year where I actually do a lot of work for how to code well. Um, usually I would do a lot of recording of videos around this time, around this uh, the space between Christmas and New Year. Actually, I had a cold and so I didn't do a uh, any recording at all because I would have sounded really snuffily. I've got a still got a bit of a cold here, but it's, it's certainly not as bad as it, what it was. What I did do, however, was I... Um, I finished the first draft of that PHP course that we were doing last year or the end of last year. So I finished the first first phase. The first phase was to do all the documentation. All the code is being created and written. And uh, the first phase was to write the documentation for all the 10 courses, for all the 10 lessons. The second phase that we're going to start next week on ne next Tuesday's live stream is going to be... Um, rebuilding the whole project again from using the documentation that I've created, but this time doing it in Windows, in the Windows world. And then after that, we're going to do the same thing, but on Ubuntu. So I've got two phases to go. Uh, second phase is uh, Windows. Third phase is Linux. And then that should cover both Mac, Windows and Linux. And then I can get on and record it. So I finished the first fa first uh, first stage. So I've created all the documentation, which is great. So that's coming next Tuesday on the um, Tuesday's live streams. And also, I've done a lot of work with HowToCodeWell.net itself on the actual in the development side of things. I've I've completed the shopping cart, so that's done, which is a huge piece of work that I'm I'm so glad I've got off the off my shoulders now. So. We, we should be coming to a decent place where hopefully not so... I'm not going to put a time limit on it, but hopefully not in the distant future. We can go live and we can create user accounts and you can register to courses and download the project files if, you're, if you've enrolled in those particular courses, which I'm super happy about. And I'm not going to put a time limit on it because I, I did it last year and I got really, you know, 
it just totally screwed up. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to put a time limit on it. Once we finish the uh, course uh, documentation, once the, the 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 second and third phase of this current course, the PHP login course is done, we're going to go straight into um, the second course that I've already decided what we're going to do, and uh, that's how it's going to work. So Tuesday's streams are going to be building new courses for our how to code well site for the how to code well platform and then of course that our weekend streams on the on twitch is going to be about improving how to code well.net and bringing that up into into a good sort of position so anyway that's that's enough of what has happened recently um i could go on and on and on about the technical things that i've been doing but um that's kind of like the 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 overhead look, I suppose, of, of what, what I've been getting up to. So a lot of code, a lot of writing of documentation, um, a, a lot of like pushing the howtocowell.net platform to bigger and better heights ready for uh, this year, which, uh, which was really good. Okay, so let's move straight into this business logic thing. So my idea was like in January, what I would like to do is, is for each of the January podcasts episodes, we would talk about some area of code that, and des- and describe what that area of code is, and then also talk about how to improve that area of code as well. So uh, today I'm going to pick on business logic, and then next week we'll pick on something else. I've I've got a list here that I'm looking at. There's there's testing of code. There's tools to use to help you write code more efficiently. Um, reasons to use CI/CD that kind of stuff. And then um, and other tooling type type things. So today is specifically on business logic. We may also do stuff around CRUD and um, MVC and other bits like that too. So anyway, first question is business logic. What on earth is it? What is business logic? Um, so this this is a very confusing term um, that I struggle to understand myself when I, when I, when I started learning software development, business logic was one of those, like, what kind of things? Like, isn't it just all logic? (laughs) And why, why is my blog that is, has nothing to do with a business? Why does that have any business logic in it at all? Um, so I'll give you the, the Wikipedia definition of, uh, of, of, of this. So in computer, so this is like one-to-one from Wikipedia. And then what I'll do is I'll give you my definition of what business logic is. And then what I've got is two examples of business logic, uh, a complicated one and a a not so complicated one. And then after that, I'm going to give you five ways to make your business logic or improve your business logic, make it better. Okay. So the Wikipedia um, definition Um, is that in computer software, business logic or domain logic is part of the program that encodes the real-world business rules that determine how data can be created, stored, and changed. It is contrasted with the remainder of software that might be concerned with lower-level details of managing a database or displaying the user interface, system infrastructure, or generally connecting various parts of the program. That's the Wikipedia stuff. And of course, if you read that, you'll be probably more confused (laughs) than when you didn't. 
<laughs> There's lots of stuff in there. So, okay, this is my definition of what business logic is. Okay, business logic encapsulates entities and business rules or policies that reflect and solve real-world business problems. Business logic is used to model entities that relate to business objects. For example, your application may require orders, an order, order items, payments, customers, and addresses to uh, to solve various problems that your software um, has, your, the thing that you're trying to solve. I kind of went off on a bit of a tangent then. Um, and uh, these problems will relate, or these solutions, I should say, will uh, relate back to the business, to your project's requirements. So one thing to really take away here is that business logic does not have to do with anything to do with business at all in the money-making sense. Business logic does not have any, doesn't have to have anything to do with business, you know, in the money-making sense at all. It doesn't have to. However, a lot of these examples that you get on online and stuff, they always use the, the order, the order items, the addresses, the customer because that's a sort of an easy kind of boilerplate thing to describe a business domain. You know, it's a product, it's a, it's an e-com type scenario there. And it just so happens that it's a business. <laughs> and so, and so uh, you can, you can, um, the, you can relate to that easily, but actually business logic doesn't have to have anything to do with business in the sense of, 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 of making money. Um, for example, there is the saying, the business end of a gun, right, is the action point point of the gun. Um, you know, so you've got two ends of a gun, right? You've got the handle and then you've got the, the thing that the bullet comes out of. <laughs> the area that the bullet comes out of is the action end, right? It's the business end of, of, uh, of the weapon. Whereas when, you, when you're talking about software, the business end, end of the software is the thing that is doing all the processing the calculations the heavy lifting um that that uh helps solve the problems that your software is is trying to deal with um and if if the 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 thing that you're trying to solve is to make money right or recommend products or you know I don't know, secure a certain area of something that is, that is the action. That is the action that that is that piece of logic is trying to do. That domain is trying to do. So for example, um, I'll give you an example of a, of a non-business related business logic part of an application. Um, that might be easier. So for example, a blog, right? I have here written down, I'm, I'm not going to use this, this example. I've thought of another one. But here I've got an example of posts, comments, commenters, reviews, moderators and pages, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they, these are entities that uh, your business logic will be encapsulating. And then you would write rules around those sort of entities. But actually, a, another way to look at it is, say, for example, you, you were working in an organization that was doing some publication. So it was a blog, essentially. But uh, your blog post that you created had to go through a, a several stages of review before it can, can actually be published. And the, that post, that article that you've created has to go through, uh, has to 
be seen by many people and those different people have different access rights to that that uh, article so for example you as a uh, as a, a writer may not have publication rights you may not have um rights to comment on other people's articles you may have rights to comment on your article but not on other people's articles because you aren't a um a, a moderator or a reviewer uh, you're not an editor either, so you don't have overarching um, oversight of other articles and the times in which those articles are going to be be uh, published. So what I've just discussed there is a mixture of different sort of um, elements or entities, as you could call it. You've, so for one, you've got your posts and then you've got the actual user and their particular roles. And those roles or those policies are the things that um, wrap around these business, uh, the business rules. That's essentially what, that's what, that's what they are, the business rules. Um, an easier way, obviously, to talk about this is, um, yes, do I still write code? Yes, I still write code every day. <laughs> Just looking at the comments. Happy New Year, Jay. Thank you. Uh, am I going to use Docker in those courses? Oh, at the moment, um, no, because the courses at well, no, so that's a lie. So the course, some of the courses that I've got have Docker in, sure, yes, but the course that I'm doing at the moment doesn't have Docker in, but the future courses will have Docker's, Docker in, but I'm not going to discuss those yet um, because I'm still crossing the crossing the uh, T's and dotting the I's on those. Um, but yes, no, I still definitely code, uh, well, I seem definitely code. I've been coding all day today. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a coder. Coder all day, coder all day. Um, so yes, so business uh, logic is a uh, is a, a means of encapsulating entities and business rules or policies that reflect and solve real world business problems. Um, okay, so that's what business logic is. Let's talk about f- uh, five ways to make your business logic um, better, improve it. Okay, uh, okay. So number one is to keep it portable. Okay, business logic shouldn't be coupled to requests and responses. Um, so it's, it's fairly typical for us web developers to go, oh, you know, our, our business rules are only going to be um, influenced by one kind of mechanism, or one kind of request and one kind of response. So, for example, it could be a HTTP uh, request, and it's going to then be a HTTP response. Well, actually, that's not, not, that's not always true, because uh, we could be dealing with um, command line interfaces. We could be dealing with API requests, or we could be dealing with you know, H- normal standard uh, web page requests. So what I'm trying to say here is your business logic shouldn't be tailored towards how you're going to receive the request and how you're going to send the response. The business logic isn't anything to do with those areas. The business logic, like I said, is around your business entities, um, the the entities that uh, solve the real world problems that your application is dealing with. It doesn't care about where they're coming from or um, where they're going to. <laughs> By keeping it portable, it means that you can then pick up your um, business rules and or and entities and plonk them in another on another thing. Uh, 
um, that has a different set of requests and responses. Likewise, and this is sort of thinking outside of the box a little bit here, is also think that you may be doing this in the future in a completely different programming language. It's totally So you might be doing this in PHP to begin with, and then maybe you decide, actually, we want to be doing this in Python. So if that's the case, then you've got a completely different programming language. You've got a completely different IDE. You've got a completely different way of deployment. But the rules of the business hasn't changed. Yes, the code's changed. But the rules, the calculations, the processes hasn't changed. Your domain objects haven't changed. Your business requirements haven't changed. And so if you think of it like that, as in, I don't really care what programming language I write in. It doesn't care what programming language it's written in. Um, That helps you think about just the business rules and not the street furniture, the code furniture around it. Um, That certainly helps me a lot. So, like I said, business logic shouldn't be coupled to the requests and responses. Try and write business logic without relying on where the request came from or how the results will be um, received. Uh, a request could come from a CLI, a web page, an API, or something completely different. Uh, also, think about what you may need to do if the business rules go to another project, or you know you've just decided to put it into another project, which is completely different, totally different um, uh, programming language, different architecture. The rules, though, should be the same. <laughs> the calculation should be the same. Okay, so number two. Yes, Wazim, all day. <laughs> all day. Gladly not all night, as I used to do before. <laughs> no, I've got out of that bad habit. I do code most of the time. <laughs> um, okay, so keeping it out of view logic. Okay, so business rules should not be defined in the user interface. Okay, not in the user interface. The front-end code should... Uh, my notes, terrible. The front-end code should code? No. The front-end code should only care about the user interface and the user experience, um, not the business logic. The front-end should render the results of business logic without caring how those results were created. So you're basically handing off to the front-end. Whatever that is, whether that's an API in JSON or whether that is an actual front-end that you're actually seeing in JavaScript world, those things shouldn't care about how the, the, those variables have been assigned. Those, the values there come from, obviously, the business logic at the point in, in of the application that you're working on. If that is where the business, you know, if you're working on the area of your application that deals with business logic at that time. <laughs> so um, the way I think about front end, um, it's quite different from other people who are really heavy in the JavaScript world, I think. But the way I, I look upon front end is, is a template. You inject data into this template and yes, this, this template does have events that can be fired and, and uh, things can happen in a very asynchronous way. Yes, that's all lovely and you've got service workers and all of that jazz. Good stuff. But really, the business rules shouldn't be anywhere near any of that stuff. 
you should be sending and receiving requests and those requests should have the responses or, or the responses should have the values that have come down from whatever business logic you're dealing with. There shouldn't be any decision making in, in your front end. That's what I'm trying to say. There shouldn't be any kind of calculations in terms of shopping cart calculations. There shouldn't be any currency conversion calculations. There shouldn't be anything like that in the front end. It should all be done, in my opinion, in the back end, in business logic. Um, because you are alter, you're, you're, change, you're using business entities to change and, and do things. Um, and those things are coupled to those policies that I've been talking about. And so there'll be rules that you create. And none of this should be anywhere near the front end, in my opinion. Uh, now, obviously, if you are um, a developer who just does front end work, then, you know, you may have another opinion with that. But, you know, this is... <laughs> I try and keep my business rules in one place. <laughs> I don't want to spread them across the... Uh, spread them across the site on both the back end and the front end. Cause that's just annoying. Um, okay. So number three, um, one module is one business rule. What do I mean by a module? Well, your, uh, system probably has multiple rules. You know, you, you probably, uh, have created multiple, uh, policies on your uh, on your business logic and what what i i tend to do is say well you know you've got your let's uh, leaning against the e-com stuff again so you have an order and then you have an order item and then you've got um your customer right these are business entities okay so you've got your you you've got your order your order has your your total on it it's got your um, the amount of order items in there. The order items has a quantity, you know, line items. That also has a, a, a total. That also has tax. What I try and do is is separate them, right? So an order is different to an order item. An order item is part of an order, but they are different. Same with a customer. A customer is very different to an order, obviously, obviously. But it's very um, tempting to just merge everything into some code soup that uh, you use that is just, you know, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you've, got, you've got customer logic, you've got order item logic, calculations of order uh, items with the uh, line items and then the tax. And then you're having to recalculate the grand total on the order and you're dealing with customer shipping totals and costs and all of that stuff. And I've seen places where it, all of this is just in one massive code soup. The idea is to think about these in sort of a modular way, you know, so an order does this, an order item does that, a customer does this, separate them all into their own little areas, silo them, and then, um, and then write rules specifically to those modules. Um, so it's not really one module, one business rule. It's more like one module, one group of business rules. Cause obviously you'll have more than one rule for a, the customer entity or more than one rule for the order. But what I'm trying to say is that you shouldn't be mer mixing them and merging them. They should be very, very separate. And the way I do this in, P in PHP land is I have a series of interfaces that, um, are essentially the contractual agreements between these objects. Um, 
so you know you would create a bunch of public methods that are against these objects but through an interface and then you would pass the in, you would inject the interface the object with the interface as the type and therefore you are you 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 are uh, only allowed to use the um the, the methods that have been defined in your contract i see that like the policy that i've been talking about here um Okay, so yeah, don't mix up calculations as well. So don't mix up the calculations of processes of multiple business rules together. Create a single module for each. Um, this this uh, module will be like a business contract um, with its own requirements, calculations, and processes. Keep them nice and separate. <coughs> hey, happy new year from Alabama, US. Hey, hope you're good. <laughs> hope you've had a good a good new year. I'm going to just grab a drink of my herbal tea because my throat is uh, starting to go. And we're only on number three. <laughs> mm. Excuse me. Right. Uh, I used to watch your PHP videos whilst I was doing a college project. Oh, brilliant. I hope that really helped. Uh, if you've got any comments, please let me know. Uh, if you've got any suggestions for future courses also, do let me know as well, um, because I, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be moving the courses into or pivoting the courses into what the audience wants rather than what I just assume everybody wants. So you know, I, I will be doing specific courses for specific needs. Um, so do let me know, please. <clears throat> there is a suggestions channel at uh, on the Discord. If you go, you go to howtocodewell.net forward slash Discord to join, totally free. And there's a suggestions thing in there. Pile in as much detail as you can, and um, I'll, uh, I'll 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 see what I can do. I'm I'm super interested in hearing what everybody thinks um, of these courses as I as I do and progress them. Okay, so number four on how to improve business logic: avoid large recalculations of data. Try and reduce the business logic down to a single unit of work, and each of each unit can be processed and stored to form a bigger system component. Excuse me, my voice is starting to go. Um, at the same time, don't recalculate individual business rules if you don't need to. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I'm going to lean again on the whole order order items thing. It's a very you know typical thing of when you're talking about business logic. So, for example, you've got on your order, you have uh, in your order entity, you, you would have things like a grand total or a, or, or a total, right? And then on your order items, you would have um, a quantity, you would have a unit price, a quantity, and then, and then maybe some tax or whatever. Um, it's quite um, tempting to, when you're going through the whole order, to do a calculation of recalculating every single thing, um, which I guess is very useful when you actually get to the point of doing the checkout, sure. But you don't have to do it all the time. Um, <coughs> if you know that a particular order item hasn't changed, hasn't been updated, then you don't have to recalculate that line item. Like you only need to recalculate that line item if the quantity has changed or whether that's been removed from the uh from from that particular order item let's say you've got five order items in your order okay and one of those order items is being changed updated deleted whatever 
that means that the other four line items don't need to be recalculated. <laughs> it's very tempting to just recalculate the whole thing and then deal with the um, the the grand total on the actual order entity. It there are obviously a bigger, wider things that. Um, yeah, I'm just picking on orders and order items because it's easy, but th- there are obviously bigger calculations in the world <laughs> outside of the scope of e-commerce. Um, so just watch your recalculations. <clears throat> it's very tempting to say that, you know, your your business logic, um, your your contractual agreements, your policies, whatever you want to call them, um, are separate and, like I said, in siloed little worlds. But when they all have an impact and influence on each other, then it's very tempting to just recalculate everything every time one little thing changes. And uh, that can be a performance overhead. Man, excuse me. So yeah, be careful. Be careful with that. And lastly, (laughs) I'm so glad this is lastly because my voice is going to go. Lastly, keep it precise. So business logic is meant to be specific. If the logic is too generic, then it will be difficult to maintain. However, however, if the business logic is too specific, then you can't reuse the code. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So if you're um, so a bit, so, so business logic should be specific to the business to that whatever that business requirement is that that whatever that problem that business logic is trying to solve it should be specific to that um however don't be afraid of abstraction because you may find that there are rules in that business logic that other pieces of business logic need to deal with as well this is where all the interfaces come in you you got contractual agreements so for example Again, leaning back on the whole order, order, item stuff, you have various different ways of ca- of calculations. You've got tax calculations. You've got shipping calculations. You've just got updating of a cart calculations. So those calculations are actually relatively similar if you really break it down. So you, c- you could end up with... Um, very specific calculations for those individual things, or you could have a generic calculation that those then those things then sort of overload um, and override. I mean, it, it's completely obviously it's completely up to you how you how you create your application. But you know, rather than saying, um, rather than having like um, an object specifically for calculating tax or some method that says recalculate tax and then another method that says recalculate um, shipping and then another one that just says recalculate total (coughs) so they they, those things say exactly what they do and that's great and that's great however why can't they just all be called recalculate and those those things beyond those particular entities and then have some form of architectural structure like a factory that then loops through all of whatever it is and then recalculates all of them (laughs) through like poly polymorphism or something again we're moving into the area of um avoid large recalculations of data 
and we are moving into the realms of over over abstraction when we could have just simply had those three methods of recalculate total recalculate tax uh recalculate shipping but it it, it it depends on how you want to structure and architect architect your code there's pros and cons um for for each if you call everything just recalculate and you supply the same parameters for each one then you, you you've kind of bound yourself in you've, you you it's not there isn't much room for alteration there whereas if you've got recalculate tax you could uh supply different arguments to that pro, to that uh, method and then you could have uh, recalculate uh, shipping and then you could provide other arguments to that which is different to the recalculate tax whereas if you were to do it in, po- in a polymorphic way you couldn't do that you would have to just adhere to whatever the recalculate interface uh the recalculate method has in the interface so it's pros and cons what i would suggest is is to not over abstract it um and try and do the most the this i want to say the word the dirty word the simplest way first um which does mean possibly duplicating codes for those specific use cases um, but really, if you have to go around the houses just to abstract something, just to make your code a little bit prettier and a little bit more uh, reusable, and it's going to take you an extra day to do it, then that might be a problem if that's not going to give you any benefit in the future. Um, so uh, what I would try and do is, is, is hold fire on the whole over abstraction stuff, on the abstraction stuff for the business logic, because it should be, in my opinion, the first thing it should be is precisely specific to the business logic to the business domain you shouldn't you shouldn't be thinking about other business domains whilst you're building the business logic not until that's done and then you can move on to the other things so i hope that has kind of made a bit of sense um (laughs) next week we're going to be talking about uh, five reasons to test your code or five ways to test your code i haven't really decided on the title yet Um, So we're going to be talking about why testing is good, and we're also going to be talking about how to test your code, um, the different things to test, um, and all of that jazz. So some really interesting stuff uh, there. And but like I said, throughout January, I want to be doing these podcast series, this podcast series on how to improve your code. Um, If you've got any comments or questions or suggestions, if 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 you didn't find that uh, useful or if you, you're still stuck and you're unsure what business logic is, do let me know. Uh, we do have a contact form, howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact. So the howtocodewell.fm site is the podcast site uh, that has all of the episodes, all the podcast episodes on there. It will have this one on there next week and you can listen to all of this stuff through Spotify and iTunes um, and then the howtocodewell.net website will have all of my courses uh, eventually. So, um, yeah. And then, the, yeah, the contact form is on the howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact. If you want to send me in any anything, if you want to do a shout out as well onto the, onto the podcast, if you've got a question or a suggestion that you want me to answer um, on the podcast too, then uh, do let me know on that one. Thank you ever so much for watching and listening. I need a shoot off because my throat is going to die. Thank you very much. I, I hope everybody has had a fantastic, uh, fantastic festive couple of days or weeks. Um, I will, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm looking forward to what's happening with how to code well this year. 
and I, I do hope that uh, you'll all stick with me. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Speak to you soon. Happy coding, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.